Hello everybody and welcome to Brumbagun, you will not get there on a road bike. It has been a long time, a really long time since the last episode. I don't even remember when, but I remember what. It was my amazing interview with Ryan Legarek. And uh, just for you to know, just a little thing that I'm going to put here. Uh, I just published an article on GravGrav. We're going to talk a lot about GravGrav today, about the Border Bash Aragon. And there you will find exactly the photos from Ryan Legarek. Go on GravGrav, probably it's going to be down here in the description below. You're going to find also the link to the article. But as I was saying, it has been a long time, but good things come not super often, I would say. I don't know, Christmas is once a year, Paris-Roubaix is once a year, Paris-Brest-Paris is once every three years, Olympics one every four years. I mean, even if this time is three years, you know what I mean, right? It has been a long time, but I'm happy to be back. It has been a bit of a crazy period. As you know, people, I have 700,000 projects on my desk. So basically three jobs. This is one of those. And uh, apart from that family, not even riding so much. Apart from my awesome gravel bike, got it. It was basically a present secondhand uh, by a friend. I actually just crashed with it I, on Monday. That's why this episode is not even going live at the beginning of the week, but a bit more at the end of the week because I crashed with it. Yeah, I can also crash gravel bikes. Sorry, I can even crash cargo bikes with three wheels. But all is good and everything is amazing. I mean, one of the projects that I've been rolling around in this period is my alcohol-free beer project, Zier Brewing. This is the website, go on the Instagram, you're gonna find more. And this is giving me a lot of things to do. That's why a bit the podcast is suffering. But as I was saying, I'm happy to be back here. And let's go into the classic duties. So spotify apple podcast google podcast wherever you're listening to this episode put please a rating or just write a comment or just do whatever it's gonna be super helpful for everybody who is gonna search and look for our beloved broom wagon podcast or send me a message or send me a feedback or whatever just send me how happy you are the time back where Calamaro CC on the Instagram or the Broomwagon podcast as well on the Instagram. Yes, another cool thing that I've been doing in this moment, I actually was just thinking about that. The awesome people at YT lent me a Jeff C. So yes, people, it's finally happening. Calamaro is on a mountain bike. It sounds crazy, right? Last Sunday, it was my first ride on a mountain bike and a trail mountain bike the slowest that you can imagine and everything went good i just went over the bar once and then what happens that on monday on the way to the daycare with my son camillo what happens that i crash with it i mean you don't crash in the most dangerous things but you crash in the most safe things that's what happens all the time but by the way that's not the story the story is that you're gonna listen really soon something about my mountain bike experience i think we are going to do a few episodes from now until the end of the year i have a mini series that is almost fully baked and ready to go i think it's going to take me maximum another couple of weeks to start it out so check this space and check also the instagram but you're going to listen as well quite soon about a little stories on how calamaro jumped on the mountain bike and now 
it has been treating me. At the moment, I can tell you that I love it. Absolutely love it. Let's go into the episode. That's the most important thing of today. Finally, I sat down with an awesome friend, Max Riese. We, you are going to listen to all the story, also how we met and everything like that. But actually, Max is a multi-talented, special, awesome human being. And uh, one of the special things that he made and he put together was this project here, the Lynx Trail. Well, it's awesome. And uh, you're going to listen to the full story and everything else. Now, it's so happy. I mean, it's so cool to be back on this recording. And it's so cool to be back with on this recording with a really good friend of mine. Today, here, we are together to put the back the ball rolling into some conversation in this amazing Broom Wagon podcast, but it's not amazing because of me talking, it's amazing for my guests. So I'm super happy to introduce Max, Max Riese. How are you doing, Max? I'm doing very well. And uh, finally, we manage. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> After months how... or years of talking yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy. We we know each other so long and uh, I've been in front of your microphone, but not for your own podcast. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we never lost track. So it's a real honor to finally be on the podcast. Amazing. Uh, a bit of a, a background for everybody. So I met, I absolutely know when it happened. I met Max the first <laughs> time it was Silk Road Monterey's 2019. And we were in front of the counter of the registration day. And straight away, uh, we started talking about, yes, cycling or whatever. Already at that time, you were living in Salzburg. So we yep. talked about how cool. And I moved uh, at that time, I moved to Zurich just for less than one year. And we talked about differences between riding in Zurich and the riding in Salzburg. How cool is the community? I think the community is still cooler in Salzburg than in Zurich and blah, blah, blah. I'm saying that, I'm saying that. So I'm taking myself on this responsibility, uh, especially because I have so many friends actually riding in Salzburg and that's super cool. And we actually said, yeah, yeah, we're going to ride together, blah, blah, blah. It didn't happen super often, but for sure we have been talking <laughs> since then pretty, pretty often. And it was good actually that we kept this kind of communication line. And uh, we have been also involved in a couple of projects together. I'm happily writing from now and then uh, for Graph Graph, that is basically your biggest project. And then so happy of being part of this community. And every time that I find uh, Max in, uh, in any kind of event, we are sure that we spend a few hours together having a drink or having a chat or just riding the bike when when we can. Last time was actually at Eurobike and uh, the time before was at the Border Basharogon that was also the last article that they wrote for Graph Graph. And now it's super cool that we have been here to talk about a super special and uh, amazing project. So we can hear something on the background, Max. Where are you? Uh, I'm currently at in Mainz at the Cervelo Europe HQ. Um, they're uh, very. I'm very proud to be <laughs> riding their bikes to be able to have that. And uh, yeah, as the industry goes, like you need to sell bikes in order to be profitable. So we're here on a dealer event, hopefully selling a lot of bikes so I can keep riding them. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> 
<laughs> but also it's involving also a lot of rides, right? It's not only actually yeah. being there and showcasing, it's also putting yourself on a bike and enjoying. Exactly, yeah. Like you can test a lot of different bikes. You can, you know, ride with uh, interesting people. Because, you know, like people that have bike shops usually are like really nice people, you know? Like they are. They, they ride bikes, they sell bikes, they work on bikes. They have a lot of interesting feedback that you would never think of. And they come from all kinds of uh, parts of Germany. So it's interesting. And I ride two times a day for three days. <laughs> Still, it's a bit of riding here. It's, it's not the worst kind of uh, jobs that you have to do. Like, let's, let's say so, you know, like you're still out a lot, you get drinks and food and everything. It's yeah. It's good. Quite pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. That's lovely. Uh, no, yeah, it's actually a bummer that you arrived here just actually this week because I was around there, the area. I was in Kirchenbolanden, middle of nowhere, close to mines, though, uh, riding my bike as well a bit. I was there for other reasons, other business stuff. Uh, but yeah, bummer that actually we missed each other for just a few days. Next time, I think it's going to happen. At some point, I was really close by Zurich yesterday, and mm -hmm. I was like, "Ah, oh, no! Why did I not think about this?" But then, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it quite like close timelines and everything. Absolutely, and you're, like, ah, you're no. always running, right? And then you forget about, you know, you can just stop one minute, relax. And even yeah. just a couple of hours for a coffee. It happens from time to time, actually, that people... Because I have, I have to be completely sincere. Zurich is super cool because with train transport and everything, it's quite central. And people like you and I, we like to take trains as well. And uh, the bicycle in the train here in Switzerland and also in the Eurostar, whatever you want to call them, train is quite welcome here. So it happens quite sometimes that friends, cyclists are just... Stopping here just for one hour or two hours just to switch train. And I'm at the station. Where are you? I'm coming in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I do it quite yeah. often. That's a nice thing. I like that. Cool, Max. After myself sipping a little bit of, of, from a glass of water, maybe <laughs> let's start from the beginning. I said that actually we are here to talk about uh, one of your projects, but then let's talk about you for a second. Give us a little yeah. intro about yourself, and then we are going to have a lot of little details to talk about, I think. Well, you started basically with the last and biggest part of my life uh, with GraphGraph, but uh, everything started with me starting cycling at a quite young age i was actually running before and i was quite good at running then i i got into cycling somehow did road racing and a lot of other stuff also marathon um, cross country and stuff um and uh yeah quite soon you have this image of like oh i want to become a pro like you know and then i think i i kind of had to accept and and find out for myself that this is not the environment that I felt welcome in and I, I didn't really suit it I didn't really get to the top step and uh, at some point um, I just started to cycle really long <laughs> so there were a lot of uh, stupid projects like cycling 500 kilometers in one day with some friends and they're like oh my god that actually worked we didn't die doing that <laughs> So <laughs> you pick the next project and there's like a three-day mountain bike route and you're like, okay, let's, let's try and cycle there and do the whole thing in one day and then cycle back home. And like, okay, yeah, that actually also worked and was really fun. 
And at some point, this whole Silk Road Mountain Race thing came along. And the first one, I missed it. And I dog watched like a madman. I saw those stories, the the crazy weather, the the switchback roads, the rugged terrain, the, the wild horses. And not a lot of riders made it through. And it was just this experience, dog watching this like, wow, I I want to be there. And so it was my biggest goal for one year to train and try and get through there. And uh, that's actually where we met, as absolutely, you explained before. Absolutely. Was it your first race, Max, by the way? Yeah. Nice. Was, first was my yeah. first race as a podcaster as well. It's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool. Like, I really enjoyed the experience. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I really got hungry for more. So since then, I'm... Um, constantly at events in the gravel ultra scene i'm i'm specializing more like in in rough off-road terrain i would say and it's also the things that inspire me most like the landscapes you see the vastness of nature and countries you never thought you would ever go to um and the cultures you know like sometimes we have those completely distorted views of cultures and you get there like wow like people are amazing and uh Somehow, at some point during the pandemic, I, yeah, I, I wasn't so happy with my corporate job anymore, and I, <laughs> I decided to quit. Yeah, I remember <laughs> and, exactly that phase. We talked quite a lot in that period. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, and I decided to do a little website called GraphGraph.cc, um, where we tell inspiring stories all around cycling. Of course, it's very inspired by the environment that I'm in, bikepacking, gravel, whatever. But it could be, you know, I I definitely support also stories towards like e-bikes and stuff because they are a, a new technology that might change our infrastructure significantly in the next years. And of course, there will be problems and maybe the e-bikes that we know now will not be the solution in the future. But we need to accept that we need to have technologies changing the way that we use the resources of our planets and cars are not it. So if people get on bikes because of e-bikes, I'm happy with that. So we want to also tell those stories and get a lot of people on the bikes. And ultimately when we can inspire them to get on the ride, they need to know where to go, you know? So um, the idea behind GraphGraph is like, Europe is one of the most unique places on this planet because we can cross borders. We have so many cultures. We have so many countries that you can cross without any border control. We, we have landscapes endless from sea until high mountains. We even have a desert in Spain, you know? Where, where can you have that and you can actually see that while cycling? If you take one week of cycling, even as an average um, fit cyclist, you can, you can see a vast variety of landscapes in Europe. So people need to know where can I go? And they need to have options that are close by. So it's not like far travel for flying for a few days of cycling. And if we can achieve this, then this would be really great. But the problem is we need to have tourism and NGOs on board. Because, you know, if the tourism doesn't work with us together, then they're working against us. Mm -hmm. So it's better to work with them and develop sustainable tourism, summer tourism, 
winter tourism is not sustainable per se. Absolutely, I know uh, what you mean. Yeah, so we need to invest in that. And um, the NGOs, on the other hand, are really important because they are the ones that want to protect our environment, our ecosystems. And they can also tell us like, yes, this is a good idea. And no, that's an actually bad idea because if you send like a thousand cyclists through a fragile ecosystem, you can actually hurt it. Um, and it's become quite a challenge, I could say. Like uh, my, my life changed drastically. It's all about cycling, the cycling industry um, and projects like the one that we talk about in this podcast, The Links yeah. Trail. 24 seven, like I get up, I read emails about cycling. I Lovely. read the news about cycling. I go cycling myself because I need to train as an athlete, of course. Uh, it's also part of my job. Um, and then I sit in front of my computer and I program a website that's about cycling. And, you know, like it's, it's wild and sometimes it's a bit daunting, but uh, yeah, that's, um, that that's who I am now. And it's, uh, quite a drastic change within the last three, four years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so far, I'm still happy with that. That's so <laughs> And I met a lot of really amazing people like you, like, you know, other writers like Sofian, like, uh, like Adrian and uh, Bass and all of those characters or Alan, you know, Alan is also like really famous on your podcast, you yeah. know, and all of those characters really shaped and, and changed the way that I look at cycling and the community around it so much. So um, it really defines who I am right now. Oh, I live in Salzburg, but you know, by the way, I think I didn't mention that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Um, I just want to say, a couple of things, maybe just one, yeah. not to go too long, because I want just to pick up um, on what you were saying. And it was actually super inspiring for me seeing what happened actually with, uh, in general, I mean, what you have done uh, in these years, not even before GraphGraph. And I'm talking, starting talking about that. So I started talking about before GraphGraph, something that really um, inspired me and touched me personally uh, myself was your project was reunion as I remember it um, yeah. and it was actually yourself speaking exactly about what you were mentioning before how lucky we are of living in a continent where we can cross borders without having any checkpoints basically and you wanted to um, represent exactly this uh, topic and this concept in reverse because reunion was this project where you were showing how you can ride to get actually better how lucky we are on having a continent basically without border by showing that a situation like covid and probably i need to drop somewhere i still have my covid jar here uh, <laughs> yeah. because covid uh, changed this and how much yeah. we should appreciate the fact that we never have borders. And you were yeah. doing it with this um, ride that you made actually together with Bruno, meeting at the border, midpoint, basically. Everybody of you started from a different place and still our friendship can be 
let's say, shown and actually will still nurtured cycling, even in tough situation. I mean, this for me was completely mind blowing because we give it for, I mean, we get it for granted, right? I can, with no problems, even here in Switzerland, that is this special country, but still in Schengen, here in the, in the heart of Europe, I can go to Germany and come back. And uh, with no problems, I can go to Koblenz, sorry, to, to Constance and do whatever. And that's super amazing. And it's even more present for you that you really live. Also, Salzburg is close to a lot of borders. And this was something that really inspired me quite a lot on how much free we are. And there is really not so much for us um, putting us as an obstacle to... Um, leave the bicycle, leave tourism, leave exploration and discovery new thing just on a bike without having so many troubles, let's say, that will take us to fly every time because we need to fly. Well, actually, that was the first project um, in that direction that I did um, with Bruno because Bruno and I knew each other through this, you know, weird social media thing. Yes. Um, and we were supposed to do the TCR together in that year. Uh, which didn't happen, obviously. Um, and it was correct that we had travel restrictions. But also, for me, it was quite frightening seeing what effect on my life it has suddenly that I'm used to crossing borders just for, you know, my weekend bikepacking trip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just, just riding to Italy for the weekend and back, or you could be in Germany and go to the Netherlands or, you know, whatever country is close to you. Mm -hmm. And suddenly that was not possible. It's kind of like a bizarre situation with the political situation where we in, where a lot of voices basically scream for us closing borders again for ending this project that is the EU, which is amazing. You Absolutely. Know? Of course it's not, it's not perfect, but we've come come a far away and we can work on making it better and like you know working on this idea of having a continent united working together trading together having open borders and like trying to be like a a better society you Absolutely. know without the stigmatism yes but uh in this case it's like and it's still a topic that's that's very, very close to my heart because especially like with Italy now, like, you know, we, we still have the conversation about them not wanting to grant like asylum to a lot of people coming from North Africa. And it's quite, it's tragic, you know, like, yes, we, we, we do have this wealth and we, we should be clear about what luxury this is. And it's it's it, it will be taken away from us quicker than we ever think would yes. be possible. So this project was basically Bruno was able to move within Veneto, the state of Veneto in Italy. And I was able to move within Austria, but we could not cross the border. So the, the paradox thing was we could there was one pass, um, the Tiliachajoch, which connected Veneto and Austria off-road but uh, on top there's like a green border and you know like symbolically we could not cross it so we just had a beer like divided by the border nice <laughs> so the idea just came together we made it happen with the support of Komoot at the time and it kind of kick-started the whole thing like oh well like that that was fun doing a project like this 
And then for the video that we produced, it was a two-part video. One Bruno's um, journey and one was mine to the border and they were like parallel. So you have snippets of each story in the other video and vice versa. We need a YouTube channel. And I was sitting in front of my laptop like, oh, yeah, I need to upload these videos. But oh, crap, like, what do we call the YouTube channel? And then I was like, nah, mm, mm. Ah, let's just call it Graph Graph. <laughs> nice. And that's how that whole thing came together. And uh, yeah, it kind of, uh, yeah, was the Tinder to to starting this this whole project. And ever since, like, I've evolved a lot, like, in the topics I want to take on. Um, of course, like nature preservance and uh, nature protection is is a lot. Um, it's one of the topics that's really interesting to me. Um, there's a lot of endangered species. It's a lot about animals. Um, the logo of GraphGraph it's designed by Chiara, my girlfriend, and she's put the links in it. And the links is basically a large cat. It's a large carnivore. Mm-hmm. And we basically extincted it from Europe, you know, like it's, it, it, we thought it was gone and it showed up again and they're like amazing animals. They move up to 300 kilometers. Crazy. They live in high mountains in, in huge forests. They need those vast landscapes and we don't have them so much anymore in Europe and we struggle to reintroduce them, but they have much in common with us as a cyclist. So it was really intriguing to me. And so we started working more and more in that direction, like maybe using this, this uh, hobby that we have, you know, like we like to go out into a forest or climb up a mountain or something. And we should be aware that, you know, uh, we, we need to work on keeping this environment for being able to go out there. Absolutely, absolutely. Just a little thing, and then we're going to kick off the conversation about the links quickly. <laughs> a cool thing that I wanted to mention here is that I remember that I saw the presentation of your um, reunion video in the best event ever that this could have been presented, actually. And it was the Bohemian Border Bash, and we're talking about probably 2020. And, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean... What a match! What a match! I just now I'm thinking about that. Actually, was really crazy for this thing to happen there. But yeah, it was uh, just amazing. I remember watching this video that I watched before? Actually, you premiered before, but then you made also a little presentation there, and it was just the right place at the right time. Talking about yeah. links, also, I mean, the links rail itself is also crossing a border, isn't it? So, yeah. tell me more. What is it? So let's start from the beginning. Let's intro it. Um. So basically, it started off like I am good friends with Iris, the, the bike brand. Yes, it is Lapendal. She was in this podcast at least two times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, it's, it's a small cycling Absolutely. World, That's why it's super cool. <laughs> and she's like one of the most lovely persons in the whole industry. And she's... She's the best person ever to work with. Everything is super clear. Everything is super easy with her. And yeah, it's, she's just such a nice person to, yes. to be around. And she's making everything happen. It's like she's she's has her own clothing brand, Iris. She's a commentator on Eurosport for the for the uh, world tour um, of the women and. Uh, she also has the cyclist union, like uh, for for women, the yes. um, cycling alliance. Cycling alliance, yeah. And 
all of those projects. I have no idea how she does all of that. I really and no she idea. writes quite a lot as well. Yeah, you know, like she manages to do all of those things. Yeah. It's amazing. Like I, I, I have a lot of respect for her. And so she, um, like we, we did this project where we designed, like Chiara designed a jersey with links on it, and it was like this technical trail jersey uh, with links on it, and uh, Iris sold it, and we agreed that the profit from this jersey would be donated to a good cause. So I went out and I texted to a few organizations in Austria and somewhere else and either the answers that I got to what they would use the money for were like either very unclear or very unsatisfactory. Like, for example, one said, like, oh, yeah, actually, we have the year of the links. I was like, oh, that's great. Like, what do you do? I'm like, well, it's like a marketing campaign to make it more viable for hunters that they don't kill the links. I'm like, what do you mean a marketing campaign? Yeah, we do leaflets and stuff. I'm like, well, I feel that's not really what the impact that we want to have mm-hmm. with the money that we created here. And um, there was a few other projects and it just didn't happen. And it was really frustrating because I couldn't find a good organization, a good cause to donate that money to. And then suddenly we ended up with Lifelinks. And Lifelinks is like a European project in the Dinaric Alps. So Slovenia, Croatia, parts of Italy also. Mm -hmm. And and actually potentially further south. and they they are working on repopulating links in those areas. And uh, we contacted them and they were like, oh, yes, please, uh, let's do something. Uh, we're, we're really amazed that, that you want, you know, to contribute to that cause. And we were like, okay, great. Like, uh, where do we transfer the money? And they were like, well, we're European funded. We can't accept any money. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do we do here? Like, well, we could make a special project and we could use money to create something on the side of lifelinks, uh, which helps like create awareness to that topic. So I was like, well, okay, what are the things that I am good at? Probably like scouting cycling routes. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um then you know Iris has a huge community behind her and uh we could just yeah like um also with Chiara we had someone that that did the graphics for the whole project so yeah like we did the bikepacking route that's called the lifelinks Mm -hmm. through those areas where they operate with two national parks around the Puka seasonal lakes and also the uh, Rizniak National Park the Lynx National Park if you want Mm -hmm in Croatia and uh, we involved the national parks. It starts at a museum, the Dina Puka. Um, It's the museum of large carnivores and you can buy a starter pack there. It's 30 euros. It has a brevet card and some other gadgets in there. And with the brevet card, basically you follow the track, the GPX track that's free. You can cycle it without the starter pack, but I recommend getting it. and you will have little challenges and those challenges, they will not, it's, it's not like a school test, you know, like you will not be really challenged in a way that you need to do a lot of research or like sit there for hours to figure something out. But 
it's just like an incentive to make you aware of the landscapes. Mm-hmm. You know, like for example, seasonal lakes are something that's quite rare. It's it's not very often that you see those, and you would not realize if you just pass any lake that it might be there, but it might also not be there according yes. to the season. Yeah. So those challenges kind of inform you about the landscapes. It informs you about like where do lynx actually live? Is this an environment where I might encounter one? How do I interact with large carnivores? Because also bears and wolves, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a lot of people, that's frightening, but it's actually quite simple. There's a few simple rules, and we can happily coexist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so it's basically meant to be an educational bikepacking route, so you can, in a fun way, like experience a topic and learn a bit of something um, while doing things that you like, anyways. Uh, and the starter pack basically helps financing the whole project further, helps keeping the national parks, the museums, and the other local, um, yeah, like hotels and restaurants and whatever to, to keep them alive. Um, and it was probably the largest project I ever took on. I didn't know when I started, honestly, <laughs> but uh, it's it's grown to an extent that I I didn't foresee um, and I'm happy I did it like if it wouldn't have been for this charitable cause you could never do that commercially the of amount course. of time and effort you put into this uh, was <laughs> was massive but uh, it was also really cool because the Slovenians and Croatians they, they have a bit of a different attitude to, around those things they're like oh yeah sure let's try that you know like if I go if I go to a national park in Austria, they'll be like, you, what? Cyclists in national park? No, forget about it. <laughs> of course. But it might change in the future because they get sensibilized. They see like, oh, like this actually works. There's no problems. You know, it's actually good for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was something that you were... I'm going to go a bit here and there now in my questions because this was something that you were also mentioning before, right? You were saying um, that, I mean, for sure, an attitude is different, but then it's cool for you to work with national parks or different NGOs and everything because this was the best way. I mean, it's an open route. Basically, of course, you can get your starter pack and discover everything. And then you have to take time as well to discover something new, to learn about something new. But that's probably, if not the best way, one of the best ways to, let's say, go through and cycle through a national park. Just going with a small group of people or just yourself solo by yourself and uh, discover something that you would never discover by yourself. And this actually probably came together. It's not an event that where you're sending out something like 500 people in the same route. It's a bit more something like take your time, take it easy. Everybody's welcome uh, at their own pace and uh, learn a bit more and also get stunned by the landscape that you are going to explore. Yeah, like definitely don't get intimidated by my ultra distance racing background. Like this is not it. Like it's uh, a bit under 400 kilometers. I recommend doing it in four days, which makes it like, I think like 70 kilometers a day, something like this on average. Um, It's not going to be easy. I recommend bringing a mountain bike and it's, really getting you out into the wild like it's not you know 
there's long stretches without seeing any any civilization nice there's some technical trails in there but you know that's the point of the whole thing it should really get you into an environment into an ecosystem that is still like very wild and natural mm-hmm. for understanding it and like actually appreciating it learning about it but it's not going to be like an an ultra challenge where you, <laughs> you you're going to survive it it's okay you know like it's a it's a nice uh, it's a nice trip for having like, you know, maybe a short holiday, holiday, a long weekend, you can extend it, you know, like there's a lot of amazing things to cycle around everywhere there. Like it's an amazing area. And yeah. No, that's, uh, I mean, the, I was actually, of course, I knew about it, but I went um, a bit through all the, I mean, there is an amazing, of course, presentation of the trail itself on Graf Graf, really well made. We have the route on Komoot. It's everything uh, right, quite interesting and uh, super well made. And uh, that's exactly the thing that I thought. At the end of the day, it's uh, everything well described, but still it's something that brings you in a remote place also for you to understand that these big carnivores that are there the lynx in this case they still need the space they don't need to be surrounded by uh, buildings and roads and paved roads and highways and everything like that and that's probably something that also you learn out of your exploration out on the trail yeah like one of the largest problems for animals like those is i i as I mentioned before, like they cover up to 300 kilometers. That's crazy. They are quick. They need a lot of space. And uh, so basically, imagine how much, how much space that is that, that one animal needs. And if you build a highway between a forest, you basically cut it in half. Yeah. And they don't have enough space anymore. That's one of the main reasons why those animals cannot survive in our modern, well, cultivation of the of the alpine landscapes that we have here. We don't have forests large enough anymore. Uh, we don't have mountain landscapes that are empty enough. It, it sounds completely weird, but if you go through the Alps, it's this vision of nature and everything, but at least like every 20 kilometers, maybe even less, you will have some kind of human infrastructure and that's interrupting the ecosystems a lot. Absolutely. And uh, of course, it's a bit like a, a, para- like it's a paradox to, to send cyclists through such an existing landscape, which still is quite intact or is getting more intact through the repopulation of those endangered species. Um, but on the other hand, I feel like if we do it in a responsible way and if we sensibilize those those people they will probably you know like get more knowledge about this and also like find more information on themselves in the future yeah yeah something that i'm also super interested in because i mean it seems like everything came together from an idea from chiara you and Iris, and then everything really developed through that. But yeah. you have quite a bit of also other partners involved into that, right? We are talking about Lifelinks, so the NGO, you're talking about as well the national parks, of course, some little hotels. Probably this was not on top of the mind of a lot of people, but still people reacted quite positively, right? Well, 
most of all in this area we just jumped on the bandwagon of lifelinks because it's their project they reintroduced um i need to see it but i think it, in total it was 12 links um wow. yeah. the project ends unfortunately in uh spring next year i think may something like this oh wow so bad um yeah, it's you know it's European funding. It's always like um, with a definite, definitive per, um, period. Yeah, and there are going to um, be the elections soon as well. So probably this is. I don't know that's... if that's related, to be honest. But huh. it, it, the, those people for sure will do something else again. Okay, um, that's nice to know. Yeah, yeah. There's other ongoing initiatives like the uh, Life Wolf. I think also. Mm -hmm. Wolves, you know, it's the same topic, yes. basically. A bit more emotional in this cat case. <laughs> yeah. um, so we we just, you know, like they already did the work there, basically. And we just try and bring their story and their work to a different audience with this project. Um, so it's not that we we uh, are the first ones to ever think about the links and its story. <laughs> They, they already did that. Um, the, the difficulty was basically if you want to do this in a sustainable way so you don't hurt this ecosystem that you want to talk about or you know educate about, then there's a lot of parties that you need to inform. Yes, there is a new official project now because it's not, you know, you're not only like clicking together a root or commut you're then publishing it and sending a lot of people over it. So we talked to the forest rangers, we talked to the national parks, we talked to the municipalities, uh, to the national, like it's, you know, it, it was basically like four or five parties that you need to communicate with and say like, okay, like this is the trial that I scouted. Can we do this? And then, you know, like some are like really quick and they say like, yeah, those in this section, please uh, change it a bit because this is like uh, where we have feeding stations or whatever and others take a bit longer. Um, so that was something that I never could think about. It, it was really, I learned a lot for this because, you know, like it's, it's also helpful for the future if I want to do more projects to realize like how do those national parks how do the rangers forest services how do they work and how do i realize such a project how do i bring them together but it's a lot of um, steps on top before you can actually bring a route or a project like this to life um, but i think it was good because we can make sure that okay for the moment this is actually okay we can send the people through there there's not going to be any implications there's hopefully not going to be any problems with any private owners or whatever of land and uh, in the ongoing future um, we can reevaluate if it's getting too much people you know like then we would probably need to go on a bit less remote areas to not send too many people through them but we will see that um and then of course for me it was important like work with uh regional companies so we give recommendations on where to sleep because yes. it's a very remote landscape so you know like we we did include like okay like there is a place where you can sleep as local there's a place where you can eat and all of those kind of things and uh also we didn't just want to order like a 
pack of bags from China. Of course, <laughs> so absolutely. So we uh, we talked to a guy from Graz in Austria, and he's doing custom bags, Jakob von Berg. And uh, he said, like, oof, how many bags? <laughs> But he sued all of them for us by hand. And, nice. Uh, so basically, we have a local product. Uh, it's, you know, there's not a lot of them, which also makes them more desirable, I think. You know, I don't know if I would do exactly the same fabrics the next time again, or if we do a bit of an alteration to make it a bit more collectible. And uh, we, we try to minimize the, the waste that's produced for this. So, you know, like everything's on recycled paper. It's a, it's a bag that you can reuse, you know, like your starter bag, like either you put it at home on your shelf and you say like, okay, I did this. Yes. Or you just reuse it for your next bikepacking trip because, you know, it's a, it's a nice bag, you know, and it's going to last you long. And 30 euros is quite cheap for this. It's basically the production cost of the thing. Absolutely. So in general, it's basically the production cost of all the material. And then on top, there's the entry for the museum at the start. That's how the price of 30 years comes together. We don't earn anything on this. I should probably make that clear. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a non-profit project. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, it's, uh, it's super nice. Let's step a tiny bit more. So we talked about actually um, all the parts involved and uh, how actually you communicated with everybody but how was the response i mean you launched the trails so the route uh, earlier this year probably it was this spring yeah. also because the period when you can do um, this track is between eastern and beginning of october for a couple of reasons i'm gonna let you explain this um but you launched this basically then this year we are coming to the end of the first season how was the response of the people how many people do you think took part or better how many people you got interaction with that was excited by this project um well we got a lot of questions about it um and uh we we also got a lot of feedback uh <laughs> so basically we So Komoot supported us a bit um, with covering uh, one of the scouting trips that we did and we took pictures there. And there were a few people on gravel bikes. So we have pictures of people on gravel bikes. And then of course people are like, oh, there's a picture of a gravel bike. I'm just going on the gravel bike. And then we got the feedback, it's way too rough for a gravel bike. Well, I said it's a mountain bike route. It's written, <laughs> it's written really, 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 really clear actually everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> You, you can, you know, of course you can do it on a gravel bike. It's, it's totally fine, but you, you will be shaken. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, please be aware of that. That's some feedback that we got. We also got some feedback. Um, there was some pretty severe weather this year, mm. and one oh, yeah. stretch is very washed out. So in the next coming weeks, I need to talk against <laughs> to all the parties and... Um, see if we can um, shift it to another road, which is probably better. Mm -hmm. um, and also there was a lot of like, people are interested in it. Um, so we sold close to 50 starter bags now, mm -hmm. um, which doesn't sound a lot, but you know, people need to organize their travel. People need to hear about it in the first place. Um, And then 
I also got some feedback. Like one guy actually sent us a message on on Instagram. Like, what? There was a starter bag. <laughs> <laughs> also, you need to inform so, people also on that. That there, probably. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a great number of people that just find the commute route, the GPX somewhere or something, and then they go out and ride it, and <laughs> they actually realize that was a bit more to that project. And it's okay, you know, like it's 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 gonna grow, it's gonna develop. Um, I, I feel that uh, that the interest in those projects is growing because people don't just want to go out for any ride. They want to, you know, have a bit more to it, a bit of an adventure, a bit of, uh, you know, um, yeah, some, some inspiring story to it maybe. And so I really believe in the concept and we want to develop it further. Who knows, like maybe I can, I can also do an in-person uh, event there at, at some point it would be nice to do that um, whenever I have free resources <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. uh, I can disclose that I'm working on new projects in that direction um, where I try to do similar routes and yeah one one is moving quite quick because uh, of another European project where we also need to see like okay like then and there this project's ending until with them we need to be finished and it's um, yeah it's 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 a topic that's uh, that's really passionate and I really I'm I'm so happy that I started this stuff um, I'm happy about the people that were involved and it's great to hear the feedback, you know, like sometimes people say like, Hey, I ride mountain bikes since whatever I did this on a gravel bike and I had such a shitty time. And like, yeah. Okay. You know, like it's okay. Like even that feedback is good for me. You know, like I still need to think about like, okay, like, yeah. Okay. Maybe I go out again and I take the pictures of the gravel bikes and the trail out yeah. at some point, yeah. you know, every, every kind of feedback is welcome. If you if you did do the trail, you know, just just sending a picture over or something, it's it's really motivating to keep up with that work. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, let's step for one second. So I'm gonna actually make one step back and two step forward. Uh, the step back is exactly probably about the discovery ride that you have been talking about. Uh, <laughs> the one that actually there are the photos all around. I saw actually Chiara was there, Iris was there, there is Sara. Uh, she lives in Bern also. She was also on the podcast, good friend of mine. Uh, they were super nice people uh, there together for making something like the first recon. How was it? I mean, how was actually for you? <laughs> because probably you scouted all the route yourself, maybe in small segments and, uh, and everything before right but then having this bunch of super cool inspiring nice laughing fun and whatever you want to say amazing people there uh yeah how was it actually and uh, what did you experience and uh, yeah how was the time there best crew ever mm. just yeah uh, that that was amazing we we had so much fun you know like it the the best things have like if, if it's work if it's supposed to be work but it doesn't feel like work mm -hmm. and it's just a lot of fun you know like we basically had a really fun ride while creating some pictures and sometimes like you know a bit of the gopro filming then with the drone and this and that so you know like you need to stop more of course and sometimes that can become like if the group dynamic is not 
great, then it's becoming like just really tedious stopping again for a picture and this net in there. It was just so natural. It was so fun. It really, yeah, like it, it was the perfect group to do that. And also like it gave us like, um, I intended it to be a trail and the trail for me is something where I have some technical sections in there. But at the beginning, when I started to scout this route, I wasn't intentionally sure if it would be a dedicated mountain bike route or if just a bit rough gravel, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, definitions are a bit uh, hard to make in that section. Um, and then, you know, like it was really cool because Ears was there on the full suspension mountain bike. I was there on the hardtail mountain bike. Liam Yates was there on the on a gravel, more race style gravel bike. And um, uh, Sarah and Chiara were there on like, let's say adventure monster gravel bikes. So, you know, all of this mix gave us like the perfect impression of what is actually the best bike. And it was definitely mountain bikes. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Liam was shaking so much. He makes it look so easy, but <laughs> you know, then he's, he's kind of, you, you see him struggling either way, you know, like he needs to. Yeah. So, so it, it was really the, the, the group dynamic. It, it was just so much fun riding with them. It was fun having beers in the evening and just chatting in, in the hut somewhere in Croatia. Uh, we also were really lucky because, you know, there were people from the organizations coming out, like having dinner with us, showing us stuff around, around the track. And, you know, like all of this helped so much, like just making this a really pleasant experience. Um, so, yeah, it couldn't, couldn't imagine a better group. It was just, yeah, really fun trip. Nice. And out of actually this discovery, but also out of your scouting route as well, there is a place or just a segment or just a section or just a landscape or a view that you would recommend something like and that you like the most something like when you arrive there, you're going to see this thing and it's going to blow you away or whatever. So there's a few places. So the seasonal lakes are definitely something crazy because you have those rocky mountains in the background and then it's like those clear lakes with grassy landscapes and forest trails around uh then there's like if you go into the more rocky mountains you will have like 360 views with like seeing large forests up until the sea nice and uh there is also like if you do it we we scouted in october and it was like the perfect like Indian summer, like everything was red, yellow, like super vibrant colors. And there's this super remote section after the Croatian border, like the climb is hard. It's really hard. You will not have a pleasant time there, but I left it in for a specific reason because at some point you get out of the forest yeah, and it just opens up. There's a perfect single trail. And you have this red, yellowish forest on the side, the single trail, and like the landscape opens up with the grass. And it's just insane. Like it's so beautiful. And the lakes, 
in, in Croatia, there's larger lakes where there's a large portion of single track also. It's nice. It's really nice to ride. It's a pleasant experience. If the lakes are not empty, I heard that they are empty oh, <laughs> for no. some parts of the year. Um, and then eventually you will arrive at the sea. And, you know, like if you've ever been to Croatia, it's like from the sea, it goes straight up into the mountains but you're already up in the mountains. So you arrive in those hills and there's some steep ramps, of course, but you know, like it's mainly like all downhill to the sea. So, wow. you, you know, like this, this, like going from the Dinaric Alps all the way down to the sea, I think it's quite a unique experience. And yeah, like originally I wanted to have it end somewhere in Croatia and then we're like, Nah, come on, let's extend it to the sea. You know, of like course. It's, <laughs> it's here. Like, yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, so I think it's yeah, it's it's really good route. Like it's it's one of the better ones that I've come up with, I think. <laughs> That's super amazing. That's super amazing to hear. I have the last question actually for us. Uh anyways, but still I, we are gonna be open anyways and you are gonna be free to add anything else at the bottom of it. <laughs> but my last question is you answered already to that and I don't want to force you on giving me another <laughs> answer. So it's good if you want to disclose it. But what's next? Uh you said already that you're planning on something similar but different or Tell me more. I'm not going to go too much into that. So what's next for the Lynx Trail or for any project that is yeah. going to be similar to that? So um, you asked me before, like, what was the feedback? And some of the feedback was like, hey, I have this idea for a similar project. And yeah, it's, it's this is the best thing. You know, if, if I actually, like, the, the goal was always to inspire people, like, go cycling and do stuff with bikes, you know, and hopefully in, in a sustainable, environmentally friendly way. Well, sustainable, if we can ever be sustainable. But um, yeah, like taking a bit of responsibility for what you do. And um, so this is the best thing ever. Like I'm working on, on that project now and I'm happy that, that he came and gave that feedback and I realized that those, this community is is the most precious thing, because if you know, like, I can only come up with so many projects and realize them, but as a large community, we can make a lot of things happen. Absolutely. And uh, so, actually, honestly, like, I I will keep investing in in similar projects. I will keep on racing and all that stuff, but a lot of my effort will go into investing into creating a real engaging community around GraphGraph because, you know, like this, this hub, this, this mind hive of people like coming up with crazy ideas is really the best thing ever. So I'm really glad that happens slowly. It develops. <laughs> no, super, super nice. And then we can say that actually we can't wait. I mean, I, myself, I'm going to talk for myself. I'm not going to talk for anybody outdoor, out there as a listener. We can't wait. I can't wait to see what's this next project, what is coming out of it. And uh, for sure, we are going to be sure to find 
anything on uh, gravgrav.cc and uh, all you need the... to come for that one of course let to see so <laughs> this is gonna be actually something interesting i knew that it was coming i will make everything possible to do it and uh, we're gonna know about that but i'm pretty sure so follow out there everything that gravgrav is producing uh, in order to get the best things and also from my side i will be sure to keep my eyes open because here's something like i got an invite as well and i can't wait to know to know more about that and everybody's gonna anyways listen to here so yeah that's my last question usually it's an open question max is there anything that you want to add is there anything that you want to say is there anything that we missed now it's your time um not really um, I might like shamelessly plug in that we just did an event in Vienna called The Loop. Let's um, talk about that. Exactly. Let's talk about The Loop in Vienna. Uh, also there, uh, this looked quite an event. Let me say that and then I will let you talk, even if it seems like I'm talking most of the time. The cool thing of talking with Max, and uh, we were talking about that also off, offline before in the interview, is that when you're talking with Max, you're not talking with uh, uh, just one typology. So you can put him as a, a lot of different layers of person, organizing events, uh, scouting routes, going racing somewhere in the wild, taking amazing photos, uh, writing super cool articles. It's, uh, ah, without forgetting, programming and coding also an amazing <laughs> website you have several different layers of things and the, the cool thing is that everything is really cool on point and the cool thing is that also max talks about this thing also with a super humble attitude and that's so amazing so yes i it's my bad i miss talking about the loop happy to hear about that <laughs> <laughs> Um, in in bikepacking ultra distance racing, a lot of times finisher parties happen with the last people to arrive because the first people are already gone. And I'm not an exception to that. I sometimes I feel I know like all the time I feel really bad, but you know like it's it's hard to sit for a week at the finish line waiting for everyone to arrive. Absolutely. So I said like if I do an event, I want to you know. I want to solve this problem. Like, you know, the party is the most important stuff, no? Absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> we all know so it. I, yeah, the, the idea was how do we create an event that's basically centered for everyone to arrive at the same time? So the conception is everyone needs to plan their own route, but they need to arrive on time at the finish line for the party. Otherwise, they're decued. <laughs> it's the only hardship there <laughs> and then it's pretty simple like the person with the most kilometers wins but they need to go 30 percent off-road at least mm -hmm. because i don't want to see them on any high traffic roads or dangerous roads and it's not about like going straight forever on any boring road you want to see something beautiful yeah um and then the other thing is like i don't want the person that sleeps least or just is like diehard riding super strong to win solely. They can win, but uh, there's little challenges um, that make it more interesting. And so basically it's based on the fable, the tortoise and the hare by Aesop. Mm -hmm. There's a nice Disney cartoon. If you want the easy version to get into that, if you haven't heard of it, it's super funny. So basically the tortoise and the hare have a race against each other 
and the hair is like super short and so he's like well you're a turtle so i'm gonna win you know the turtle's like oh let's see so they do a race and the hair at some point is so short he takes a nap and he oversleeps and the turtle is just before him at the finish so the turtle was just really consistent and smart yes um so our tortoises that would usually not win a bikepacking race have the chance to get extra kilometers through crossing a lot of countries bringing children's suites from countries or um for example taking pictures of hares and tortoises on the track yes and this year apparently the winner of our overnighter category Eva. It was a woman that won. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I was proud of that. <laughs> she went to Bratislava and stayed there for 12 hours taking a hotel. Because she went to the zoo and photographed tortoise. And she won the thing. <laughs> nice. That's smart. <laughs> nice. So, you know, I could never imagine that people would do such stupid things just to get those bonus kilometers. And I totally underestimated it because honestly, if I would have known that Tim De Witte, like Belgian guy who also got further to TCR, mm-hmm. he did the, the one day ride, the long day loop. Yeah. He photographed 14 tortoises. Okay. And each tortoise was 150 kilometers. Crazy. If I would have known, I would have gotten less bonification because I just felt like, well, it's going to be super hard to find a turtles in Austria now. Absolutely. (laughs) But it was super funny how creative people were with getting those bonus kilometers and also like what people came up with. Like some people just went into the mountains west of Vienna and just did loops for for doing an Everest thing for bonus kilometers. And the others like went to zoos and... I don't know, like all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, so I just quickly wanted to put that in because we didn't have a lot of participants, mm-hmm. but it was really fun. Absolutely. And uh, as a lot of people ask me a lot about it, like, please do it again. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do it again. So I just quickly wanted to plug that in because um, I believe in that event idea and I want to push it further. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. You have already dates for next year or ideas, mindset, or what is going to happen, or better, is there any place, I know the answer already, where we can see any of the content that came out of this amazing event, any documentation? There are two questions, actually. Yeah, like, um, so if you have any recommendations for dates, I'm open for that. Because okay. it's, it's quite a packed calendar. So any feedback on that, I'm, I'm super happy about it. Yeah. Um, I want to announce the new dates and an updated website that makes the concept clearer because that was the most feedback that I got, that it was just like not clear how it would work in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to come out in October. And... Um, yeah, um, the place where to see all the stories and stuff is the Loop CC at uh, on Instagram, um, and I also did a Komoot collection and an article on GraphGraph where you can see where did people go. You have the pictures of them like taking I don't know how many hair pictures, and yeah, it it it, it was funny. It was a really funny event. It, it was really, and for me, it was a funny situation finally being a race director, like mm-hmm. following them through the night. I didn't really sleep at all. It was very stressful and a lot of time in the car, which I usually don't do. Yeah. 
but uh, yeah, so you can find an article on GraphGraph, which uh, yeah, it, it was one of the fastest ever to write articles. Like it, it just came out like naturally because it was just so fun. Like remembering all of those stories of people like doing ridiculous stuff. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. It was not you know like it. Well, some people made it hard for themselves, but it was not meant to be like a ultra hard challenge you know it was more about the fun it was hard creatively basically because i mean at the end if really people that are quite strong on the bike blah blah they challenge themselves in order to find a fun way to win the race and put yeah. also their creative mark on it i mean that's amazing yeah it was it's fun and you were missing unfortunately i know i know i know <laughs> as i was telling you before this period of my life is just of such of a mess and i remember that also <laughs> Yeah, uh, I actually, I was checking everything there. I think I was on vacation when this happened. And uh, I really, really missed this as well by checking the stories, checking the articles on Graph Graph. This was exactly the kind of event that I would have loved to race, not to follow with the podcast, but to write it. This would be actually yeah. my goal on that because then you can really do things in a different, you know me, right? I'm not competitive at all. You will never hear me saying, I want to beat this and I want to achieve that. I'm not competitive <laughs> at all. But just being there with some creative ideas, that's my kind of thing next time you're invited <laughs> awesome thanks a lot max cool max thanks a lot for the lovely and amazing chat best of luck and for everything that is coming into your future and for sure i'm gonna just say okay see you next time in person but most probably also see you next time also here in this uh let's say in this platform uh on the podcast because now that actually we broke in I think that we'd still need to do a couple of other interviews because you have so many projects <laughs> that we need to touch base on. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, you're probably going to be part of a lot of those projects. So uh, <laughs> I'm not getting rid of you somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Cool, Max. It was amazing to talk with you and let's talk soon. Yeah, talk soon. Bye-bye. And thanks a lot, Max, for being my kickoff of this being back on a microphone thanks a lot the chat that we had was awesome and i'm super inspired actually to go and do the links trail maybe next year and for sure in autumn people autumn is my favorite season of the year for going out riding for going out walking or just to being outdoor colors are super beautiful walks are just smelling different and uh, yeah you can sip wine by having something really fresh in your mouth and in your nose. Thanks a lot, Max. It was amazing and inspiring. And for sure, this is not going to be the last time that you're going to hear our both voices moving forward into the path of this Broom Wagon podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, well, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Shopify, no, that's not Shopify, I'm thinking about Zier Brewing every day, but no, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, um, Spotify, that's what I was looking for, Spotify, well, rate this episode, send me a call, a message, write whatever comment you want, and uh, do it in the platform, or do it on CC on the Instagram, or Broomwagon Podcast also on the instagram it's all for today sorry for i mean being a bit trusty and my voice be not super confident as usual next time it's gonna be better i mean it's like jumping on a bike and once you start rolling 
nobody can stop you. Ciao, people. Enjoy.